Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Sean and the Texans are a great football team. They have a lot of great talent around him, and he, and he makes a lot of big plays and big games. And so uh, I kind of I think I said something to him last year at the end of the game uh, and that we're going to have these battles for a long time. And uh, we're two, two uh, opponents in the same uh, uh, division, I mean, same conference at the AFC, so I'm sure I'll play a lot of games against them. Yeah, does it become a rivalry, though, until the Texans start actually winning some of the big games? The Texans did win last year during the regular season, right. but the loss in the postseason, 24-0 lead, just obliterated by the Chiefs. But as we try to find the next Tom Brady and Peyton Manning matchup, Chris, the possibility of oh, yeah. Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes, really, between that one and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I think one of those two is going to become it. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, I think if you made me bet, you know, I, I like the way the Ravens team is set up right now for Lamar Jackson. But I think, you know, right now, you I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. And plus, with the weapons they got around him a little bit there, like that to me is more the traditional Brady-Manning matchup where it would be like, hey, I'm going to answer, you're going to answer, I'm going to answer, and all of a sudden we look back and we're like, this is amazing. It's 28-all, and Brady and Manning are on their game, and I think Watson and Mahomes can deliver that a little bit. That game was on TV last night, sitting there watching it again last night. Man, 21 nothing. Texans driving down. You're going, uh-oh, the Chiefs are in deep crap. It's about to be fourth and one. They're going to go for it and probably score another touchdown. They end up not going for it, kick the field goal, and the rest is history, as you know. But uh, I think this has a chance to be that, that rivalry, Mike. One of the key ingredients is the teams have to meet in the playoffs on a regular basis. The Ravens are going to have a hard time dominating their division. The Texans are going to have a hard time dominating their division. But, but with seven playoff spots now in the conference, you have a greater likelihood that the Texans or the Ravens or both get in every year and cross paths with the Chiefs, who by all appearances will be there every year as long as Patrick Mahomes is on the team and healthy. And let's talk about the number one team 
in our PFT preseason power rankings. We have previewed every team in the NFL through that template. And, oh, by the way, Thursday night it will be Texans and Chiefs on NBC. Pre-game starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, kickoff at 8.20 p.m. Eastern. The Kansas City Chiefs, look, and every year, the defending Super Bowl champion, I always put them at number one. You're the king of the hill. Until someone knocks you off, you're number one. You lose week one, you're not going to be number one. You lose week 10, you may not be number one. But you're always number one going into the season until somebody shows they can beat you. But we haven't had a repeat champion since the 2003-2004 Patriots. So there's two ways to look at them. Number one, they are ready. They are primed. They have all their weapons back. They have their head coach back. They didn't lose Eric Bieniemy. They are as ready as anyone to win a second straight championship. The other way to look at it, you know, they were they were lucky in the postseason. They were down double digits every postseason game, and they kept pulling a rabbit out of their hats, and eventually they're going to run out of rabbits, and they're going to run out of hats, and they're not going to be able to do it two years in a row. Which general camp are you in, Chris? I am in the general camp that the pressure's off, and they're going to seize greatness now. That Andy Reid's got nothing to worry about anymore. He's won a Super Bowl. He shut up the critics. Now he can draw any crazy freaking play he wants in the sand and go, eh, well, we won the Super Bowl. Plus, he's got a quarterback who he knows is going to, like, make things happen. And a quarterback where I think is going to keep the red poke, you know, the red hot poker on everybody's butt on the, in the organization. You know, I, I don't think he's a guy that's, like, going to sit back and go, well, I won one. It's cool. Let me sip a pina colada and hang out now. No, I, I mean, everything we've seen, heard. This guy is going to be – he is going for all-time greatness. That's what he wants, and I think they're going to seize this opportunity. I am one of those that I think the pressure being off, the fact that they won, I'm going to go in the watch out for the Kansas City Chiefs camp this year uh, in this football team. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a real believer that they're going to seize this opportunity. Before I agree with you, let me just say this, and it's been a while since we've had a really good Simsism, but every once in a while you – you mentioned the drink known as the pina colada. Yeah. And you say pina colada. Right. And I want to make sure you understand the concept of the tilde in the Spanish language. It, it gives the N a different sound. It's Anthony Munoz, not Anthony Munas. And if you recall, if you're as old as me and you recall when Anthony Munoz first emerged on the scene and John Madden was doing Bengals games, he called him Munas for a while. <laughs> I did so, not so you've know got that. something in common with the greatest broadcaster of all time, but that may be it. So you were, you're saying I have to enunciate the N more there? It's with the tilde, it's the Munoz. It's the pina, not pina. Pina. There's okay. a Y that gets in there. Sorry. Pina, I'll get it in okay. there. I'll get in there. All right. Not not quite a Simsism, but uh, but some fun on a Tuesday morning. And I agree with you. It's watch out for the Chiefs. For all the reasons you mentioned, we've been talking about this throughout the offseason. The pressure's off. The arrow is pointing up. Patrick Mahomes is chasing greatness. Now, I'm not real comfortable about guys like Chris Jones and Tyree Kill talking about winning six or seven championships. Yeah. I don't think that's useful for anyone. you got to focus on one at a time. But you know what? Patrick Mahomes is the kind of guy who's going to be impervious to that. He's not going to care that these guys are talking about it. That's not going to make him any, any less focused on what he's trying to do. He's trying to be the greatest of all time. This is a very simple, linear equation. Yeah. I want to be the greatest of all time. How do I do that? Be better than the greatest of all time. Who's the greatest of all time? Is Tom Brady. How many has he got? Six. How many do I need? Six plus one. It's that simple. Right. And so they're going to keep pushing every year, right? Yeah. That, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I certainly do. You know, I, I just think, and you know, you kind of hit on it there. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, we know. 
I don't think either one of us look at it. We we clearly look at it and go, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL right now. There, it's it's to me, it's it's you know by a little bit of a margin. He clearly is for me. But I think the impressive thing about this football team too is, you know, for for a Super Bowl team again, a little bit like we talked about with the 49ers, didn't lose many players in free agency, right? Really kept the team intact. Going to have players back who were injured last year who were starters who didn't even get to be a part of the Super Bowl run like an Okafor, a Juan Thornhill at safety. So that's going to be nice to have. But, you know, it's rare where I just think you look at a team and go, man, okay, best quarterback in football, best player in football. Arguably, okay, you could say biggest weapon at receiver in football. You know me. I think he's the best receiver in football. You gave me one pick to take any receiver in football. I'm taking Tyree Kill. All right, Travis Kelsey. It's either him or Kittle. Okay, you go to the defensive side of the ball. You go, whoa, Chris Jones. Other than not, guys not named Aaron Jono, Chris Jones might be the best defensive tackle in football. You know, then Frank Clark. Hey, Mitchell Schwartz is one of the best right tackles in football. So they have true difference makers throughout the roster, too, to when – Patrick Mahomes is not on the on the field, and the defense has got to make a play. Oh, there's Chris Jones to bat a ball down or get a sack or Honey Badger. I didn't even mention him. I mean, so that's, to me, what's so rare about this football team and exciting. And we didn't even get into Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardman, who were like role-player type guys, and they have superstar potential as well. Yeah, I agree with you, and that is going to be one of the challenges for the Chiefs. Now, the Patrick Mahomes contract – I think even though on the surface, oh, it's a half billion dollar deal. Anybody who understands how this works looks at it and say he did a very team friendly deal. How can you call it team friendly when it's half billion dollars? Well, it's 12 years, 500 million, not quite 500 million. It's a little bit less than that. But it's set up in a way that it really does help the Chiefs manage their roster and sign other guys. And we've already seen them do it with guys like Travis Kelsey, who's been extended. So as it relates to this possibility, the disease of more. The notion that guys are going to want either the football more, so maybe they want to go somewhere else and be showcased, or they want more money to continue to be a member of the Chiefs. You know, this attraction to keep winning Super Bowls is only going to last so long. Yeah. Who do you think it could impact on that roster to make that? Because surely not everyone on that roster is going to say, I'm perfectly content to take less than I'm worth somewhere else, get the ball less frequently than I could get it somewhere else, just to continue to win Super Bowl ring after Super Bowl ring. Once you get two or three of them, it could get a little old. Yeah, no, it could. You know, you, you look at a guy like McCall Hardman, and I sit there and go, okay, yeah, what if he doesn't find a niche in the offense here in the next two to three years? He might be going, damn, I'm sick of the ball going to Kelsey Tyree Kill. He leaves town, whatever that may be. You know, he's going to feel like he's worth. I, I, I think – Though, with the way Andy Reid coaches and the fact that you have Mahomes, it's less likely for that to happen as compared to maybe other places we've seen in history for it to happen. One, you know, Mahomes is special. And the way they play and the way they are so aggressive on the offensive side of the ball, I think you might have guys where they might go, crap. I'll go there and I'll, you know, take a little off the the market price for what it is to get me because that just looks fun and I want to play and win and be a part of it. And man, Mahomes looks like a great teammate. I think they could have that effect on teams here as or players as we go too, to where it's just the right environment. And yeah, there there's a lot of stars, but you know they've done a great job of balancing keeping the stars and yet also having a pretty good depth behind it. Not to where it's great like some other teams. It's still good enough with as top-heavy as it is with you know some of the household names we talk about. 
I think you've touched on something very important there because I think this is going to be a critical ingredient in making sure that there's a, a sufficient level of hunger every year. Bringing in a veteran player who wants to be there, who wants a ring. Right. A guy who's been in the league. Like for Honey seven, Badger eight, last nine year. Years. Right, right. So you get that guy on offense right. to replace one of these guys, whether it's Miko Hardman, whether it's someone else. Look, once DeAndre Hopkins gets $23 million plus per year, if that's the end result of his negotiations with the Cardinals. And Tyree Kill says, I'm at 18. And also, when you look at the structure of his contract, it was done last year when there were still questions about him off the field. Right. And there's a lot of money tied up in roster bonuses that, you know, they, they have protection in the event that he has incidents and issues. He may not like that stigma on his contract. He could be the next one to say, look, I'm one of the best receivers in the NFL, if not the best receiver in the NFL. you got to take care of me or I want out of here. And then they're going to have to make a decision what they're going to do. And a lot of that depends upon what Nicole Hardman develops into. Yep. But, Chris, I, I think that this idea that there will be plenty of guys – remember when Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers and there was – there was this overblown notion that the floodgates are going to open and, right. and all these guys are going to flock to Tampa. It had happened in Kansas City. Yeah. If you clear out the roster of all the receivers, running backs, and tight ends, it would be a land rush to play with Patrick Mahomes, and guys would take less to have that opportunity for a couple of years to win a Super Bowl or two and say, I played – with Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Yeah, I, I agreed. And then I think when you add that to the culture of Andy Reid and you can't find two players that played for him over the last 20-something years that have anything negative to say or say that it was a bad culture or, you know, it was horrible playing for him, I, I think all those, you know, are, are going to be key factors to where, yeah, it's going to help this, you know, if it can go into this air quotes dynasty, right, It'll help it survive. It'll keep fanning the flames of the because of the way they play and, of course, who Mahomes is and how special he is. Uh, so, yeah, I would think it does. It has that New England Brady type effect where guys want to go and be a part of it. And I think that's what's cool. And when you know your quarterback signed up for a long time, too, that makes it you know attractive as well. And, Mike, we talked about all these damn guys, and we didn't even talk about maybe the guy we're most excited about on the offensive side this year, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, they haven't had a running back like this since they've been in, in Kansas City. And that, to me, is another thing where I just go, holy cow. And that's why, you know, really, I mean, I just I have a hard time thinking that the Chiefs, I'm not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. I just have a hard time thinking they won't be in the Final Four this year. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, I'm putting them there right now. I'm just saying it right now, September 9th, whatever the hell day it Way is. Way to go out on a limb. Yep, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going, they're going to the Final Four, that's for sure. But that's, don't you feel that way too? I mean, I feel oh, like that might be worst case almost. Back in the pre-draft uh, days, when we were doing our mock drafts, and you and I both had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to the Chiefs at number 32. Brett Veach, the GM of the Chiefs, noticed it. Got a little nervous about it. Talked to Coach Andy Reid about it. like, and, and he didn't say this directly. I interviewed him after the fact. But at a certain point, if the word's out, you have to worry about someone jumping you and getting him to right. the point where maybe you need to trade up a few spots to get him. They ultimately didn't have to do it. He was there at number 32, the only running back taken in round one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And with Damian Williams opting out, right, that was when the, the anticipation became even greater. Because back when I talked to Veach, it was Williams is still our guy. We're going to work them both in. We're going to use them both. Now Williams is gone. 
And I feel like the hype train may be running a little out of control here with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Guys never even put on a helmet in a game setting, and we're anticipating he's going to be a potential Rookie of the Year candidate, Chris. Yeah, I know. I, 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 are we getting to the point where there's too much hype? Well, I, I think it's, you know, it is. You're right. It's a lot of talk, a lot of excitement. I think it's a, one of those rare things, though, where we see a guy that's super talented, and we saw it in the best conference in college football last year on the best team and against the best competition where you went, whoa, who the hell is this guy breaking everybody's ankles and making everybody look silly out there? This guy's unbelievable in space. So I think it's the player, and then I think it's the perfect scheme fit. I think that's where it's scary, and I think that's why we're all excited about it. So I I I'm expecting it to live up to the hype. I really am. Between you know the way they play already, and now you have to worry about this sucker underneath and underneath coverage. I mean, you know, like we've talked about. Whoa, it's Kelsey in the middle. Whoa, it's Tyree Kill deep. Sammy Watkins deep. McCole Hardman's flying across the field on a deep cross. Hey guys, get back. We got to worry about the deep passing game. Mahomes has a rifle for a right arm. Oh wait, he dropped the ball off four feet in front of him to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All right, everybody turn around and run and try to tackle this guy now. Yeah, good luck. And I just think that's a, a great formula for this team. You have to wonder about how they feel as it relates to the rest of the depth chart, though, at running back. Darrell yeah. Williams, Darwin Thompson behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I am Man. under the understanding that the Chiefs were one of the teams that wanted Adrian Peterson after week one. Not before Thursday night's game, but after. And uh, Peterson went instead with the team that would employ him for the first week of the season. So it makes me think that they're at least interested. They're at least looking. There's at least a possibility they'll try to find an upgrade at that number two spot. But whoever goes in there is second fiddle to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, assuming he stays healthy, because we have every reason to think he's going to be uh, effective, highly effective as a rookie. All right, let's look at the defense. Yeah. Where, where, where on that defense would you say they need to be concerned, that they may not be as strong as they are elsewhere on that side of the ball? I, I look at corner, I think, is the first thing that jumps out to me, You know, especially now with Brashad Breeland, right? He's he's uh, uh, not, not on injured reserve, but suspended. Four-game right? suspension. Four-game yep. suspension, right? So, you know, when you look at that, they were a little thin there. I can't necessarily always say that was one of the strengths of their football team to begin with. But Breland and Charvarius Ward, they did a good job last year for this football team. You know, but I, I think that's the one thing I look at right now, and I just go, okay, Charvarius Ward's there, right? But you got to play a team like the Texans this week, and it's a big third and seven. Man, he's like the only guy on the roster I can look at right now and go, ooh, I trust him in a man-to-man -man situation. I'm not sure about all these other guys across the board. That, to me, would be the biggest question mark, Mike. I don't know how you feel, but just looking at the roster and what we've seen over the last few years, I still probably look at that as being the weakest spot of their team. Yeah, it's Rashad Fenton in Breland's spot, Antonio Hamilton, the nickel corner. And, right. and oh, by the way, on the de and again, I don't know what these depth charts mean, but they have Daniel Sorensen ahead of Juan Thornhill at uh, free safety, which is kind of interesting because we just assumed it was Thornhill and yeah. Matthew. Maybe Thornhill he's not back ready up, to so go yet. Yeah, yeah right. that, that may be it. But, you know, that was something Andy Reid talked about yesterday when he met with Houston reporters via video conference, the idea that, that the Texans now have – uh, Brandon uh -huh. Cooks and Kenny Stills and Will Fuller. Now, Cooks was limited in practice yesterday with a quad injury, and that's the thing. It's one thing to have those guys. It's another thing to have them on the field. If you have all three of them healthy, teams are going to have their hands full, and Deshaun Watson isn't going to be holding the ball quite as long as he used to waiting yeah. for DeAndre Hopkins to spring open. So it's going to be a challenge. Could be a shootout. 
I, that's, Didn't you already say you think it's going to be a shootout? I'm, I'm, go, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going like something like that. 44-38. I did. I said it last week. I think this will be a shootout with the defense is not having to play real bullets yet. And then you go, whoa, our first game is against these two offenses, and the offenses could come out in all these different formations or change their looks a little bit, and the defenses are probably going to have to be conservative and have to watch what they do. Yeah, I'm expecting like a fireworks type of game with this one on Thursday night. And remember last year, the Texans had a week one game in prime time against the Saints, and it was a shootout. It was. They won. Remember that? It was a hell of a game, and that you don't think of They didn't win, right? They lost the a close one. Did they win. Yeah, they, either way. It, it was, was a, a close shootout. one, but it was a shootout. Yeah. Yes, it was. I'm used to the Saints losing week one, so I just assumed they lost week one last year. But yeah. either way, it was a close game down to the wire, and the offense showed up. And the, the offense is re going to really need to show up this year for the Texans because defensively, who knows what they're going to have. We'll be right. talking more about that game as Thursday night approaches. Best case, worst case for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020. Well, I mean, best case is like win the Super Bowl, be 15 and 1 and just like just set the league on fire and just leave no doubt and be like we're the Kansas City Chiefs two in a row, eat it. We're as good as anybody you've ever seen. Like worst case, 7 seed or 6 seed in the playoffs. You know, I I mean, I that that to me like uh, f maybe a few injuries happen to the team and they hit a few bumps in the road and lose a have a losing streak at somewhere during the year, but I still think this is a team that makes the playoffs even if they don't play their best. I like what you just touched on, the idea that they would have one of those wire-to-wire -wire special seasons where there's no doubt where they're the one seed, where you have to go to Kansas City in the postseason. Uh, every week and of course last year the Chiefs would have had to go on the road to Baltimore if the Ravens hadn't lost to the Titans but if they would do that yeah let's let's let's, let's go ahead and get ahead of ourselves think about this if they come out this year and have that kind of a season and take everything to the next level uh, all the talk yeah from February until next year when we're doing this again, and it's it's probably going to feel like a snap of the fingers before we're getting ready for the 2021 season. They, if they do that this year, they're going to be the first team that that could win three in a row. And Jim Irsay, in defining the best teams of all time, in order to spite the Patriots, said you're not the best of all time until somebody wins three in a row. And uh, I just I hadn't had that thought with the Chiefs because. Look, you got to get to two before you even talk about three. But if they have that kind of a season, that's going to be the talk. And I agree with you. Best case, Super Bowl with a special season, not just Super Bowl doing it the hard way, coming from double-digit deficits in every level of the postseason. Best case for them is a kick everyone's ass week after week after week yeah. and win the Super Bowl going away and make it clear that this is one of the best teams ever with two in a row. Worst case would be, you know, a fairly early playoff exit fueled by an injury to Patrick Mahomes during the season that maybe screws up their playoff seeding and puts them on the road and puts them in a tough spot. Um, I, 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 I look, we, we talked about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes as a rivalry. We talked about Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes as a rivalry. It's still new, and I still think we haven't processed the possibilities. But a Cam Newton-Patrick Mahomes playoff game oh. could be worth every oh. penny well, and then some. No and doubt. And maybe that's what's going to happen at some point. No doubt. I mean, that, I mean, yes. Like, you know, we talked about it. I, 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 I've thought about that as I've had to you know, do the you know, conference and division winners and the playoffs and getting ready to do that for my podcast today. 
where that was certainly something that crossed my mind and would be must-watch TV. That secondary in New England with Bill Belichick coaching it against those weapons at receiver, you know, and it's, you know, year four for Mahomes. So it's not like that AFC championship game two years ago where he's still kind of learning the league and defenses and things like that. Oh, with Cam Newton come to town, that would be amazing. That would be uh, as good as it gets as far as playoff football is concerned. Or Kansas City possibly having to go to New England in the playoff round. We never know how that seeding is going to play out. But either way, it would be great to see those two teams cross paths again with Mahomes versus Newton instead of Mahomes versus Brady. Who knows? Maybe we get Mahomes versus Brady in the Super Bowl. All right, let's take a break. Deshaun Watson would like to disrupt any type of Mahomes. Anyone from the NFC Super Bowl wants to take the Texans there and now has a fat new contract to fuel his career. We'll talk about the Sean Watson deal when PFD Live continues right after this. Thank you. Appreciate it. great moment on Saturday. It's a shame it happened on a weekend where we couldn't all really appreciate it the right. way we should have in real time. But when the Texans announced the Deshaun Watson contract, they had a press conference. It was kind of like the old show, This Is Your Life. And it's a really old show, Chris. You probably don't know what it is. But they, it was like Dabo Sweeney shows up. And Justin Verlander shows up. And then his family shows up. And he didn't know any of it was going to happen. So he was overwhelmed by the moment. It was really neat to see. But the occasion, a very positive one for Deshaun Watson. Second contract, a huge deal. A four-year extension. Remember, he had wanted three. He got four. He's under contract for six years. Six fewer than Patrick Mahomes. And, I, you know, I, it's, I, it's hard to to say that a half billion dollar deal isn't as good as it could have been, but the Deshaun Watson contract compares very favorably over the first four years to the Patrick Mahomes deal. And then Watson will only be under contract for two more years and, and Mahomes will be under contract for eight more years after that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a great contract. Definitely. I mean, you know, yeah, he probably took that extra year cause it took a, a little pressure off the organization helps the team that way. Uh, but they paid him, you know, deservedly. So, they're paying him for what he's done and what he's about to do. This is a guy that's just like just starting to reach the 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 pinnacle of who he is as a football player. Plus, he is like like a Patrick Mahomes, no doubt the guy you want to be the face of your franchise, the guy that you want to be the leader in your locker room. I mean, they just don't make him any nicer than a guy like Deshaun Watson. I mean, he truly is the kind of guy where you'd like your 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 daughter brings him home and hey, I'm gonna marry. You're like, what? Really? Is good. I mean, he's a perfect human being from what I've seen being around him. You know, so that is just all awesome, and I love that. 
And of course, he has been, he's the face of the Texans right now. J.J. Watt era is done. It's Deshaun Watson, and they're going to ride this wave as long as they can. $39 million per year in new money under the contract. It puts him ahead of Russell Wilson by $4 million per year as it relates to new money, $6 million per year behind Mahomes. But again, Mahomes had to sign a 12-year contract to get to $45 million per year. Deshaun Watson only had to sign a six-year contract to make that happen. But when you look at the comparison, Watson-Mahomes on signing bonus, yeah. Watson did better. First-year payout, Watson did better. Second-year payout, Watson did better. Third-year payout, up to four years. Through the first four years, Watson makes more, like by $7 million than Mahomes over the first four years of his contract. Now, I will say this, and I don't want to take any way, anything away from Deshaun Watson's contract, but even though his contract compares favorably in the early years to Mahomes, there are other contracts yeah. that compare favorably to Watson's. Ryan Tannehill, for example— on a four-year deal with the Titans making $118 million, $8 million more than Watson's going to make over the next four years, and then Tannehill free to go anywhere he wants after that. So uh, that – and look, again, I, I hate – number one, I love Patrick Mahomes. And number two, it's his right to sign whatever contract he wants. And number three, he's going to be well taken care of, and he had different objectives and agendas than a guy who wants every last penny. Right. But when, when, when Watson's contract, you can compare it to Mahomes and say, boy, Watson got a better deal – and then there's all these other deals you can look at and say, wow, those are better too. It, it does become a little bit glaring. Definitely. Uh, especially when people around the league are constantly buzzing about it. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you're right. There's, there's no denying it. You know, there's no, like, there's no way to sit here and go, oh, no, really, but you're missing this. The Mahomes deal has this, and that it's really better than you think. No, you know, it's, it's not all that impressive. You're right. At face value, when you look at, you know, 10 years and half a billion dollars and all that, it's, hey, that's great. Uh, but that, that that means nothing in this day and age in the NFL. But I do think with Mahomes and the circumstances he was in are a little different than some of these other people. You know, they had, of course, they won a Super Bowl. He wants to keep that together. So that kind of hurts a guy like Patrick Mahomes. You can go one of two ways there. You can go, wait, we won the Super Bowl because of me and give me every freaking dollar you got. Or you can go, wait, we have a pretty good thing going here. The team's pretty good. I'll take a little less because I want to keep Tyree Kill. And, hey, we got to sign Chris Jones and all of those things. So there was some pieces in place there where, yeah, money was already getting thrown around a Kansas City Chiefs player, and he knew more money had to be spread out a little bit, and he took one for the team that way. It is glaring. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think it's anything um, different than what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes to this point of his career. Kind of just a humble approach. He's happy with what he's getting, and he wants a team around him so he can try to this, this quest to be the greatest of all time. And I think what will happen is Deshaun Watson will get another new contract four years from now, and right. that may be the spark that gets the Chiefs Mahomes to fix to go. Right. the Mahomes deal. Right. You know, the Chiefs have no obligation to do it, but I think by then they'll be happy to do it. The world will be different. The cap will be different. The market will have changed, and it will be glaring, I think, within four years when you see Mahomes at 45 and there's going to be other guys at 50 or more, and you're going to say, wait a minute, none yeah. of those guys are Patrick Mahomes. That's right. Now, Here's what's odd about the Deshaun Watson situation. 2017, while Patrick Mahomes is on the bench behind Alex Smith, Watson is playing, and Watson is taking the NFL by storm, and Watson is in the MVP conversation as a rookie. He tears the ACL in practice, non-contact, in early November. He told us at the Super Bowl that year he thinks he did it against the Seahawks a few days earlier. Remember, it was that game against the Seahawks that had Richard Sherman seek him out and say, 
You're you great. played the best of any quarterback that we've ever faced, and they had faced Tom Brady multiple occasions. So Watson goes from being the flavor of the year in 2017, and I feel like he's been fighting against a headwind ever since then to get that same respect. 2018, it's Mahomes. 2019, it's Lamar Jackson. And Deshaun Watson, even though, I mean, you and I regard him among the top quarterbacks in the NFL, yeah. I feel like he is fighting and scratching and clawing to get any attention in comparison to these other guys in his conference. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he doesn't have the team around him. Agreed. That those guys do. Agreed. You know, yeah. You know, we how many times last year did we talk about? Yeah, it, it's, you know, Hopkins, yeah, awesome. Right. You got, you know, uh, Will Fuller. Oh, he can never play. So, oh, it's back to I got to throw to Hopkins every damn play. And got to do that. You know, even Kenny Stills had moments of being injured last year. So there hasn't been great support. And let's not forget, at the very least, as compared to Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, you know, until – and really I think this will be the best one he's had so far going forward, his offensive line has been crap. I mean crap. Last year it was a little bit better. The first two years of his career, I mean, you could have argued it was like top five worst pass-protecting offensive lines in all of football – and yet they were still winning games and in the playoffs and those things because of Deshaun Watson. So the leadership, the talent, the continuing work ethic, everything like that, for me, yeah, I mean, I expect Mahomes to be number one for a long time. You know, right now, like my quarterback rankings, right? I had Russell two, Aaron Rodgers three, Deshaun Watson four. I expect here in the next year to two that it becomes Mahomes and Watson one and two for a long period of time. And then it's just going to be who challenges that to maybe get into a year where I'm number two or I'm number three, whatever that may be. But I really look at these two as kind of like the big future stars of football. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that that if they can get that better team around him, and this may be the year yeah. with David Johnson there, if he has a rebirth with the receivers who aren't DeAndre Hopkins, so Deshaun Watson doesn't hold the ball maybe as long as he used to because he's waiting for Hopkins to come open. The defense needs to take a step up. But, you know, it's I, I had this thought while we were talking about it. You put Deshaun Watson on the Ravens. Do the Ravens miss a beat? You put Deshaun Watson on the Chiefs. Are the Chiefs still one of the best teams in the NFL? I think you start so. moving these guys yeah, around. Right. Are the teams still the same? Right. Is my point. Yeah, I think that's it's a very fair question. You know, yeah, I don't know if they would really miss a whole lot a beat either way. Like if Deshaun Watson goes to the Baltimore Ravens, yeah, they're not going to be as good at running with the quarterback and that, but they're going to get a, a boost in the pass game from the quarterback. You know, and then you could probably say the opposite with Kansas City. Yeah, he goes to Kansas City. They're still going to be awesome. Is he going to make as amazing throws as Mahomes all the time? No, but he's still going to make, you know, a lot, a lot of amazing ones and have more of a threat of a scrambler and a runner than Mahomes is. So, you know, that, that, that to me, yes, Mahomes, the one thing, as great as he is, and listen, he's as talented as I've ever seen, he's got a great support system around him, and he's got a great pass protection and a good play caller. The stars align for Mahomes for us to really, you know, see his talents come to the surface because the support system's around him. I'm not so sure we've seen the best of Deshaun Watson yet because of the, the, the factors we've already mentioned, like you've said. And I think this year we have a chance to finally really see it with a, a true wide receiving core and an offensive line that I think is going to be the best he's played at in his, in his career to where I go, ooh, he could do some special things this year. But I'm also going to go back to that gladiator concept, the are you not entertained 
notion. Right. When we compared Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, with Wilson, it happens so fast, you don't appreciate it. With Mahomes, there's that that hair-on-fire quality that makes you sit on the edge of your seat where he does that thing that we say, holy crap. I mean, the end result, 25-yard gain, but it looks a lot more intriguing and exciting yeah. than a normal 25-yard gain would. And I think Mahomes benefits from that. And, and look, he's, it doesn't take anything away from his ability, but there is more of, a, of an inherent showmanship. Not Definitely. that he's doing it to be showy. It's right. just his game. Right. But it makes it more exciting to watch Patrick Mahomes. And on to Sean Watson running the ball. Yeah. I mean, he may not be as large, as strong, and as fast as Lamar Jackson, but, but he's an extremely effective ball carrier because he's got, I think, Better than any other quarterback, an inherent sense of the movement of his body in relation to everyone else's. He knows where the opening is, and he goes there. And he know he's almost like what Aaron Rodgers does. Just run to where the other guys aren't. Yeah, right. And go out of bounds and slide. He and was better with that himself. last year in protecting himself, yeah. too. Right. Yeah, and and I remember when he had that long touchdown run as a rookie against the Bengals. It's like, you know, he yeah. didn't turn on the Jets but he was always able to navigate the other bodies out there right. to keep working his way through to open spaces. So I think he could be a very effective runner if you used him aggressively as a runner. But I think part of the reason you don't, you look at him and you say, where's the rest of him? Yeah, yeah. I right. mean, I, when we've met him, right? I mean, he's not he's not thick, right? He he, And he looks like a guy who's not going to be able to take that pounding. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, he's, you know, what what is Deshaun Watson? If you look him up there, is he 6'2 and change? Maybe six three on the dot, you know. I'm gonna say two fifteen, maybe right around two twenty or something like that. But he is. He's just he's, a, he's, he's yeah. Go ahead. He's listed at six two two sixteen. Yeah, that's what which I, means right. which means he's six one two oh five. Well, right? yeah, I I would say I would say the height's probably pretty accurate because the NFL right now at the combine they are there on you. So I would yeah, imagine that there, but. The weight thing, yeah, I bet you he's had moments of being 208, 207, things like that. He's a special player, and you're right. He's so elusive, and forget the running and everything like that. It's his ability to make plays behind the line of scrimmage, too. Like we saw, what was that, the Raiders game last year when he got kicked in the face and still stayed up and throws a touchdown pass? You know, He's cool and calm under pressure all the time and got his first playoff win last year, was down 16 to nothing, brought him back. And you could say what you want about the loss in Kansas City. Listen, his team scored 31 points. You know, he can't play defense too. So, hey, hopefully their offense will be better this year to where maybe if they have to do that again, they can score more. But he certainly, like, didn't melt away under the pressure last year where we're coming away from the season with Deshaun Watson going like, I don't know. He's got a few more questions for me to answer. There is zero questions for him to answer for me. Star, awesome, going to be here for a long time. You know, other nuances of the game he can continue to improve, of course, but nothing I look at to go, oh, if he doesn't do that, he'll, you know, he'll never make that next step or go to the next level as a quarterback. You mentioned the moment when he was kicked in the eye against the Raiders, uh, and, and that reminded me of a great quote that he had on Saturday at his press conference regarding this financial reward he's received for everything he's done and everything he will do. He said, I'd, everything, a broken rib, a punctured lung, torn ACL, whatever it takes. 
They have to really keep me off the field. I mean, kicked in the eye, eyeball coming out, whatever it takes, I'm on that field. Until the doctor is forcing me and holding me down, I'm on the field trying to win. I'm trying to win at everything, just at life in general. Never trying to compare myself to other people. I'm focusing on my situation, Deshaun Watson to the Houston Texans, and that's what I'm focused on and locked in on. So whatever it takes, I'm doing whatever it takes to get to where we want to go. That's the mentality that the, the Texans are paying for, Chris, and that's the idea that uh, you know is going to carry this team as far as he can take them. And here's hoping they get enough help around him that he can take them to the top of the mountain sooner than later. All right, let's take a break. Our friend Peter King joins us when we return. We're going to do a three-man draft. We haven't done a three-man draft in a long time. Plus, we're going to hear some of what Peter talked to the commissioner about as the 2020 season approaches. More PFT Live coming at you right after this. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Today edition of Pro Football Talk Live continues. Monday edition of Football Morning in America every week of the year. And Peter King had a great one, as he always does, on Monday of this week, the Labor Day edition. And the Super Bowl pick. Buccaneers and Ravens playing in Tampa. Whoa. Peter King joins us Whoa. now to talk about that and other things. Good morning, Peter. Defend yourself. <laughs> hey, I've said it from the moment that uh, that Brady signed in Tampa. Not that they were going to win the Super Bowl. But look, there hasn't been a repeat winner in the NFL in 15 years. Do I think today, this morning, that Kansas City's the best team in football? Yes. Do I think things happen during the course of a season? Yes. Do I think that the Kansas City Chiefs were down by double digits in every one of their playoff games? Yes. It's just uh, you want to try to make a pick that has a little bit of clairvoyance and a little bit of what the F is he talking about. So that's exactly what I did. But I'll give you two things, okay, about the Bucks, in my opinion, all right? So the Bucs were 7-7 seven and seven last year, and uh, they could have easily been 9-7, and seven, but Jameis Winston threw six picks in the last two games, and they lost both of them. They should have won both. With an efficient quarterback, they would have won both. Secondly, they turned it over 41 times last year. The last team to turn it over that many times was the Cleveland Browns the year the Browns went 0-16. 
This team won seven games while turning it over 2.6 times a game. And I just look at that and I look at sort of the fact that uh, Brady's better than all the people who want to put him out with last year's trash say he is. So that's my, uh, that's my pick. I'll take the slings and arrows and blah, blah, blah. All right. What about your Ravens? You want to explain that at all? I mean, I understand where you're coming from there. Totally. The best team in football I, I, last year, but go ahead. Yeah. Mostly, Chris, I think the Ravens have a tremendously advantageous schedule uh, to get the one seed. Uh, they, they, after week two going to Houston, they do not have a, a trip that's longer than 70 minutes away. They don't have a tough schedule. Uh, comparatively, it's the it, number. It's the easiest schedule in football by by 2019 records. And I just think with Lamar Jackson, I'm not going to take the bait and say that eight quarters in the playoffs, where he was a 51 percent accurate quarterback, tells his tale. Right. You know, if that be the case, then John Elway should have never won two Super Bowls because he mostly stunk. You know, in many of his postseasons before he won two Super Bowls. But anyway, I I would just look at I just look at the overriding roster strength sure. of the Baltimore Ravens, and I think they are best equipped uh, to challenge Kansas City and Tennessee in the AFC. We got a lot of ground to cover, Peter, because we're going to do a draft of our Defensive Player of the Year candidates. And there's so much in Football Morning in America we could ask you about. But I've got one specific question for you because you spoke to the commissioner and you asked him specifically if he's dispirited. That was the quote about the fact that Colin Kaepernick remains out of football more than three years after he became a free agent. Goodell said those are club decisions. I've encouraged teams to evaluate that and sign him if they feel that's the case. Now, I locked on to that because I was standing next to you six years ago before the week one game in Seattle when you reported that when Michael Sam had been cut by the Rams, the league was actually calling around encouraging teams to sign Michael Sam to a practice squad. How do we reconcile the reality that if the team, re if the league really wants to get a guy employed, they know how to do it with this kind of hands-off approach they've taken to Colin Kaepernick? Because what Roger Goodell would say and what he said to me, uh, you know, that I didn't use is basically we tried to set up a workout for him last year for all the teams. It didn't work out, as everybody knows. Blame whoever you want on that. Um, but, Mike, I think you make a very good point. Look, do I know for a fact that someone in the league office called the Rams, you know, late in the draft? And, and ask them, please, would you take Michael Sam? No, I don't know that. That's what a lot of people believe happened, but I don't know that, okay? But they clearly wanted Michael Sam to be drafted. No question about it. Yep. Now, if Michael Sam, uh, in the event of, of seeing the lengths they went to with Michael Sam, I'm sure if you ask this question right now to Roger Goodell, he would say, what do you want us to do? We set up a, uh, a tryout for him. And obviously, behind the scenes, I've told people that, hey, listen, and I have no idea what Goodell has done, but I believe that he has asked some people in the league. I don't know this at all. 
but I believe he's done more than sit idly by as it relates to Colin Kaepernick. And, but it's still a black mark for this league that Colin Kaepernick, and whether he ever plays again or not, it's a black mark for this league that none of the 32 teams, or say 31 after the 49ers, has at least offered him a contract after the Denver Broncos tried to do something uh, early in 2017 to bring him onto the Broncos. All right, so like gut feeling, I mean, it's, is it over for you? I mean, two things, Peter. One, are you shocked that he didn't get more play here with the current environment of you know the social injustice in the NFL? And then two, what's your gut say? Like, is it over or, or are we going to continue to hear about I have no idea, season? Chris, yeah. who yeah. would, after, after an offseason like this and not getting signed, and now going on to the fourth year, fourth season without yeah. playing football, I, I I can't imagine anybody. I mean, look, we're talking about Alden Smith right now. He hasn't played football since 2015, and everybody's saying, wow, can he come back at age 30 after flaming out for five years? And obviously, rushing the passer is a little bit different than playing quarterback. So to me... I would be surprised if he ever got another shot. And I think that passage of time makes it easier and easier for the teams to continue to run yeah. and hide. And I think once we get through this season and get to the four-year anniversary of the last time Kaepernick played, it will be over. It will be done if it isn't already. Before the show is over and done, we have a Defensive Player of the Year draft, and we are up against it. We've got nine picks to make. I'm going to give Peter the first pick, then Chris, then me. Let's see if we can get all three rounds in. Defensive Player of the Year for 2020. First on the clock is Peter King. Go. I'm taking Aaron Donald, and that's the easiest pick in history. Chris, go ahead. <laughs> it is. I was going to say, and I didn't get a chance. I was like, can we just take Aaron Donald off this uh, draft? This should be the Aaron Donald Memorial Draft for, for what he does. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa next. All right. 49ers off the edge. We know that defense is good. I expect them to be good. I'll go with Nick Bosa. Yeah, I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. His brother J.J. said yesterday, I'll consider him my peer when he wins a Defensive Player of the Year award. Maybe that's the extra kick in the pants T.J. needs to get over the top. He was in the conversation last year. I'll take T.J. Watt. Ooh. Give, give me Khalil Mack as my next pick, and I'll give you one very good reason. Someone who knows Khalil Mack, who used to play with him uh, in Oakland, told me this offseason said he doesn't like being forgotten about, you know? And so I think he comes back with a vengeance after playing hurt most of last year. Uh, I mean, if we have a pool for NFL sack leader, uh, the last two guys we've mentioned, Mack and Watt, would have to be at the top. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mack is just a, a marquee, unbelievable football player. Better than the stats say. And you're right, Akeem Hicks wasn't there last year. He was banged up. I'd watch out for Khalil Mack, too. All right, my next one, I'm going to go with the, the biggest trade of the offseason. I'm going with Jamal Adams. Seattle, if they somehow won the NFC West or, you know, we're one of the top defenses in football, and he's got a bunch of interceptions and sacks and forced fumbles, I think he is the, the perfect storm of that guy who could end up being that Troy Palomalo defensive MVP at the safety position. I'm amazed that this guy is still available at the bottom of round two yeah. because last year he was Chris Sims' odds-on favorite for defensive player of the year, and that's Miles Garrett of the Browns. 
gone and forgotten because of that suspension after whacking Mason Rudolph over the head with his own helmet. He's back. He's motivated. He's paid. He's got help around him. He's got a new head coach who actually is suited to be a head coach, unlike last year's head coach. All due respect to Freddie Kitchens. But I think Miles Garrett is the guy to get it done this year. And I'm amazed, Chris, that you didn't take him with either of your first two picks. No, I, I know. You, you, you know what? It was more about, again, just like we always talk about, it's a, I, they're a little unknown there in Cleveland. I don't know what to expect from the team. So I think what we're seeing so far is we're all picking players for the most part other than that one where the team is good and we feel like it could work out. I guess, you know, but he's on my list, my point is. All right, so go ahead. You're up, Peter. My, uh, my third one is going to be Alden Smith. Um, wow. And, you wow. Know, I, I got about 10, I got about 10 emails yesterday when I listed him as the number four person on my list as the possible defensive player of the year. And look, this is one of these absolutely, you know, shooting a three from 50 feet at halftime because no, no, everything no, about no, Alden no, Smith. no. Yeah. This is this is you were with the Doobie Brothers and you smoked a Doobie. That's what it is. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yes, yes. Hey, how did you know, Mike? <laughs> I don't um, know. I got a little the, bird that the, told me. The biggest <laughs> thing, the biggest thing about Alden Smith, and I'm doing something in my NFL Game Pass thing with him this week. That do we remember how great he was? Yeah. When he was not on alcohol or drugs or whatever it is that you know, ruined his career. I mean, do we rem remember how great he was? He was unbelievably good. And to me, I just think at age 30, he's ridiculously motivated. By the way, running a 40, the same speed he ran it in when he was 23 years old. You know, I think he's tremendously motivated to be great this year. And believe me, Mike McCarthy in Dallas is going to give him a chance to be great. Yeah, I mean that. It, listen, I'll call if you if that ends up being right. I'll I'll call you the Oracle for the rest of the year. Okay, I'm not even <laughs> going to call you Peter. I'm just going to call you Oracle King. Okay, uh, but that would be an unbelievable story. And you're right. I mean, when he was back in his prime before issues, like holy cow, he was a force to be reckoned with. All right, I mean, come on, Tampa's the team of the they're the flavor of the month, the team of the month. If the Buccaneers do good and Brady has success and Shaq Barrett does what he did last year, if he doesn't win defense MVP, then that'll be a crime. I mean, he's the least talked about 19 and a half sack edge rusher I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, truly, he was phenomenal in points last year. So, you know, that's another one. I just think if it lines up right, the team's successful and he puts that statistical number out there like he did last year, it'd be hard not to vote for him. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I mean, if, if this Buccaneers offense really fires on all cylinders and they build leads, what happens? Exactly. The proverbial pinning of the ears back right. and off they go. And Barrett on that franchise tag, every reason to play as effectively as he did last year. He was actually the PFT defensive player of the year. Not that anybody cares about that. <laughs> all right, last pick. And I'm a little nervous about this because he's he's got a tweak. And I'm going to trust Mike Zimmer that it's simply a tweak <laughs> and nothing more. But you put Yannick Ngakwe across from Daniil Hunter, the guy who's Name Chris has finally figured out how to pronounce. Daniil Hunter is going to be a candidate Ooh, for defensive player. Of the he year goes with his team. He's going to rack he goes up with sacks. his squad in the last pick. Shocker. He picked I a Viking. Who else? Anybody we missed? Peter, who else did you have on your list? I got three of my four, so I'm pretty happy. Mike. Wow. Good thing we didn't steal some of those. I wish I would have done that so I could have seen you hey, stumble uh, over these. How, how about this one? 
How about this one? And I love a good story. What about Jadavian Clowney? Oh. Coming that- defensive player of the year. Showing up in Tennessee a week before the start of the season and off we go. How about that? Never had never had a double-digit sack here. We didn't even talk about the guy who won defensive player last year, just to let everybody know. I mean, Stefan Gilmore would be somebody that we probably should have drafted. There's a few other guys. Well, now too. he's got motivation for this year. That's it. We're done. We'll see everybody on Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.